0: It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Let's go! This is The Lombardi Live with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSend. <laughs>
2: Okay, it is the Lombardi Line as we welcome you in. We're presented by BetMGM. It's the king of sports books. You can visit BetMGM.com or download the newly reconfigured app over at BetMGM.com. And- in the app store as well remember if you're in vegas bring your state sheet id to any mgm property you're ready to bet within minutes you have to be 21 years or older 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue okay we were just talking some show stuff before the hour started great job by elliot with booking guests we've got more to come thomas Gable's going to join us coming up in just a little bit got a pack show for you tomorrow leading into the games uh, Michael Lombardi we were talking about some of the key matchups and I want to start with Brock Purdy because I, I know you do like Jalen Hurts over 21 and a half completions tomorrow but let's start with yep. Purdy on his props he's 31 and a half attempts and 19 and a half completions over at BetMGM what has to happen like those numbers when I give you 31 and a half attempts for Purdy what does that mean as far as the way the game plays
3: Well, I think it plays kind of exactly how Kyle wants it to play and they win. I think Kyle would say, if I'm throwing it 31 times, I need 24 completions, right? So he doesn't, you know, he don't want the ball to hit the ground. And usually with Kyle's offensive scheme, the ball doesn't hit the ground. There's throws that are there to be made and you make them. You know, and Purdy has been very accurate. Look, I think that the the disconnect with Purdy is everybody keeps expecting him to play poorly when he's only going to struggle like most quarterbacks struggle when they get behind and they have to play catch-up. I mean, when the other team knows you have to throw it and you have to throw it in a drop-back game, that becomes a little bit of an issue. When you can play your play action and you're going to throw it to the flat or you're going to throw the curl, I mean, it's really not that – complicated right so it's an easy throw you know we're running slants here he hits the slant it's like what happened in the cowboy game i mean when he had to make some in the middle of the field throws on drives to get them down the field to eat some clock he did and he'll be able to do that now if he's behind by 10 in the fourth quarter with eight minutes to go it's a different game you got to throw it down the field you're going to have to do some things but i don't see kyle getting away from what he's going to do i think kyle knows i got to protect my quarterback Unlike some other coaches in the league, Kyle really does a good job of protecting the quarterback and making the game easy for the quarterback. This is very Joe Gibbs-like, what he does.
2: And remember, Joe Gibbs won two Super Bowls with uh, Rippon. Three, Three, but he won Doug? two he, with Thaisman, Rippon, and then your boy Doug Williams. So he didn't necessarily no, Theism-
3: have it was i i think it was i thought it was stan humphreys wasn't it did he, did he yeah, maybe it stan? was stan
2: humphreys part part of me if I, if I got that incorrect
3: rump, it was stan humphreys Rippon, and end and and Doug williams and so that's the point you know that's that's why There's not a lot of people on this planet that understand how to coach the quarterback. It's what Walsh used to say all the time. Gibbs did in that era. Now, when Gibbs came back, it was a little harder for him because the game had changed and he got behind in the game. But this is where Kyle really does a great job. And give Philadelphia credit. They've done a good job of taking the strengths of Jalen Hurts and putting an offense together around those strengths. And I think Marcus Hayes made a great point. You have to be realistic. Like, there's a shelf life on this. There's a shelf life on Lamar Jackson's game. There's a shelf life on Kyler Murray's game. There's a shelf life on all the – Josh Allen's game. I mean, think about it. Josh Allen played most of the year with that bad elbow. Now, he said it's fine, but – you know, he, his results didn't look as fine. He made a lot of mistakes. So there's a shelf life when you're running these around. I mean, Tua is still in concussion protocol, Patrick. I mean, this is this game is violent. It's dangerous. And quarterbacks are going to get hurt the more they're exposed to it.
2: Well, you just mentioned shelf life. We haven't seen a rookie quarterback in the Super Bowl. Will Brock Purdy be the first? Now, this will be by far the best Pass rush, he's faced Michael Lombardi. Eagles, the only team with a sack rate over 10%, their second in pressure rate. Uh, Again, we mentioned they tied, what, third most in the NFL with 70 regular season sacks. So Purdy's going up against a different animal here with the defensive front of the Eagles.
3: You know, when when you were a baseball player, Patrick, and you used to swing that heavy bat before you took your bat to go to the plate, it kind of helped you feel like your bat was lighter and you did it. I think playing Dallas really helps Purdy. Because I don't care about anything what Dallas is, what people think of Dallas, that front for Dallas is really fast, and it's really athletic. And as good as Philadelphia is, it's not It's not too far. It's similar to what Dallas is. So he's been able to have it at bat. He swung the heavy bat. He's taken the bat out there, and he knows. I mean, he's the speed of the game was there and so this game isn't going to be another octave up it's not going to be another speed he's kind of had that he's had that a little bit like he and and the growing experience he's gone through from the Seattle game where he struggled in the first half he got better in the second half the Cowboy game the speed of the game he got better as it went along I think now this will be the moment where if they protect him I think the speed of the game won't get to him now could the rush get to him yeah sure You know, but he's done a good job of protecting the football when he has gotten sacked.
2: Okay, a prop you do like, Michael Lombardi. Bet MGM and DraftKings both have Jalen Hurts' completions at 21.5. You like the over. His attempts are set at 32.5. Now, they didn't need much from him against the Giants, of course. He attempted 24 passes, completed just 16. You do like going over the prop here with Jalen Hurts' 21.5 completions.
3: Right. Yeah, I do, because I think what you have to do is you have to take a game and say to yourself, how are they going to play it? What are they going to do, right? And so when they played Tennessee, he threw it 41 times. He threw it 41 times against Tennessee at 30 completions for 391 yards. Uh, I think this will be a game where, and now they ran it 24 times, but they only ran for 67 yards in that game. So I think this is a game where he is going to throw it more. He's going to take more because you have to, because San Francisco is so hard to put seven or eight or nine plays together in a row and get them and move the ball down the field. They'll make a play. They'll force a negative play. It's challenging. I think he's going to have to throw it. And so I'm using the Tennessee game in my mind. If I were in Philadelphia, how would we play this game? I would play it like that. I would probably say we're going to have to throw it. That was the game where they came out and said, you know what? We'll throw in this football around and see what we can do. And they did. And they're going to get the lead from it. And I think that's think that's kind of what they do. And when you look at the games where they have thrown the football quite a bit, right? You know, you go back early in the season and you look at, uh, you look at uh, the Washington game in Week Three that they won. Right? They, you know, they 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 scored 24 points in the second quarter and won the game 24 to eight or whatever it was. He, you know, he had 35 passing attempts in that game. He had 22 completions, threw for 340 yards. So whatever they play against a really good run front, like San Francisco, like Tennessee, like Washington, they throw it. I think they throw it. That's why I like the over on the completions.
2: Okay. Over completions, 21 and a half for Hertz. By the way, just kind of parsing your words with Purdy, I'm deriving you like over 19 and a half for Purdy as well. It sounded I like do. you've got him closer to 22-ish.
3: Yeah, I think this. I think if, they're, if they win the game, he should have 24 completions. If they're behind in the game, he might have 27, 28. He's going to have to throw it more, Right. So there, there's two ways to go here, right? So you want to be able to manage it, right? So like Jalen Hurts, if they get behind, he's definitely throwing it more. He's completing more than 21 passes. If they, They're not going to come out here and just live off their run game. I don't see this as a 12-pass game for Jalen Hurts.
2: Just to edify, the completions for both Burrow and Mahomes set at twenty-five and a half. I know you're not on yeah. either. I just wanted to give that information. Yeah, that one's over.
3: harder for me to predict because to me, that one's harder to predict because I think both teams, if they play split safety defense, will include the run game in there, which then takes me into how many completions are needed. You know, I, th- I think the game slows down. Plus, you know that Mahomes has only had 28 possessions in three games. So, you know, that's, that's a little more than nine a game, and that's not a lot of possessions to have. The other thing I think you've got to be careful of in handicapping this game is Jalen Hurts has fumbled nine times so far this season, right? He's played 15 games. He's fumbled nine times. When you have a running quarterback and you have a fast defense that tackles really well like this, the way you know your defense is fast is by how many fumbles you create. That's a telltale sign of your defense. Why? It's Einstein's theory. Speed equals power equals explosion. Right? So when defensive linemen can run down the field and tackle somebody from behind and land on them, the ball tends to come out. Right? like the hard, When you have little running backs, what you, when you want to tackle a little running back, you tell your tackle, lay on top of them. Get a 300-pound man to lay on top of a 180-pound running back. But after about the fourth time, that doesn't feel very good. Right? So you kind of have to do that. Hertz has got to do a good job of protecting the ball, especially with the speed of this defense coming from behind
2: don't need Einstein to tell us that Travis Kelsey's pretty good and you like Kelsey anytime touchdown, you got to lay a dollar 15, but you're saying yes on Kelsey catching a touchdown pass here.
3: Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So this is one of my pet peeves when people talk about stats, right? They say, well, they are, they're are they're 68% in the red zone, right? 68% in the red zone. Okay. I get that. Great. Wonderful. Okay. So I don't care about, what your percentage of the red zone is because maybe you don't get there enough. Maybe you're not there enough. So for me, it's about how many red zone trips do you get per game and how much do you convert those red zones? And Kansas City is the number one team in the league in red zone trips. They're the number one team in the league in red zone touchdowns. And so this game is going to come down to Cincinnati's ability to stop them in the red zone or Kansas City's ability to score and I know they're gonna to try to take Kelsey out of the game, but that's easier said than done.
2: Over a half. So again, touchdown, yes, for Kelsey. Again, he he has been it's almost the security blanket would be undermining exactly what he is to Mahomes. You just expect right. and, and those...
3: the other thing I think we have to stop with, and this is not a disrespect to Kelsey whatsoever, but Kelsey's not a tight end. Okay. No. He's not a tight end. He's no, a he's wide not. receiver. He's a really good wide receiver. He's a big wide receiver. This notion he's a tight end is almost, it's mythology. He's a receiver. Gronk was a tight end. Gronk could block. Travis Gronk's Kelsey's a tight end. He, he, Mike Ditka for- was a tight end. Ron Kramer's a tight end. You know, John Mackey's a tight end.
2: Soren Petro is a radio host from Kansas City, and he joins us next, talking Chiefs.
1: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Betting splits only for VSIN pros. Money and bets for every game, updated every 10 minutes directly from DraftKings. Today's games and future events. Again, we've got the pro tools when you become a VSIN pro, and by far the most popular are the betting splits. Go to slash subscribe to sign up today. That's vsin.com slash subscribe to sign up today okay soren petro of course wow. hosts on the program 810 whb in kansas city we've talked a lot about ankles specifically patrick <laughs> mahomes's ankle uh, my guess soren is that's all you've talked about literally is one body part this week is that correct
5: a lot of amateur doctors uh here in kansas city and uh you know they've seen the video he can walk up two steps to a podium so they've decided he's he's 85 90 that's the consensus from kansas city fans
3: Soren, let me ask you, what do you think has been viewed more, the Zabruder film or Patrick Mahomes' ankle tape?
5: Oh, definitely. In this town, the ankle for sure. You know, uh, Todd Leba, who I work with and, and covers everything with the Chiefs, we're, we were out at all the press conferences today and, uh, or this week, and every time his job was to sit there and videotape Patrick walking in and walking out. Like, that was critical. It's the one thing we needed for all the media. So, yes, they, and the, the five minutes of practice, you get to videotape, and that's what everybody sees on, on all the national stuff where he's kind of stretching and doing a couple of handoffs and everything. That's all you can uh, videotape for practice. Uh, they made quite sure that he was, you know, I think always walking in a straight line. So I think they've done a pretty good job of disguising whatever level the injury's at.
2: I guess they're calling it Burrowhead tomorrow. Cincinnati, Kansas City. It's one and a half. Soren Petro joining us. So that was Chris Jones. He said, we'll see it, We'll see on Sunday at Burrowhead. Is this starting to get nasty, this little rivalry with the Bengals and Chiefs?
5: Well, I think he was already there last time. The Chiefs, you know, uh, certainly are, are a part of that. Justin Reed saying in the regular season game this year that he was going to lock down 88 uh, and then he said Higgins. You know, he got the numbers mixed up. He meant Hayden Hurst, the tight end. Uh, but I think that got under the skin of the Bengals last time. Uh, Jamar Chase was, you know, acting like he was, uh, you know, dropping dollars at guys after they scored a touchdown. So I think it got it got pretty intense. And you know, I think Joe Burrow's a confident guy. The Bengals are a confident team, and and you know, anything to to give them motivation. Zach Taylor said it this week. He scours the internet looking for anything that he can explain to his team that they're the underdog, and and you know. The Chiefs gave it to him last time, and I think you know Andy Reid wasn't happy. That's not how he runs uh, the operation. Justin Reid got grief, I know, because Justin Reid was mad at the guy who videotaped uh, him saying that, like it was his fault for some reason. But uh, you know that Andy Reid came down on him. That's not how he wants uh, the team to do. He wants them to do their talking on Sunday, and for the most part, the Chiefs have stayed away from it. That. Uh, Willie Gay this week, you know, being asked what impresses him about the Bengals offense, he said nothing. Asked again, he reiterated nothing. That's been, uh, that's been the, the bulk of it coming from Kansas City this time. But, yes, absolutely, I expect a lot of woofing and a, and a lot of, uh, of high-intensity uh, attitude going both ways.
3: Uh, do you get the sense that Pacheco is their – would they feel Pacheco is their best runner and that, that he's going to play an instrumental part. I mean, he did the last game in Cincinnati, that he's going to play an instrumental part in this game, especially if Mahomes can't move as well, and if Lou Amaromo plays split safety like he's done all season?
5: Yeah, 12 carries for 95 yards against the Jags. I mean, he's definitely their best runner, uh, and, and he's, you know, four-three-five 3 5 speed, um, but, but runs with a physicality as well, and I think that's something this offense really needed. He's given them some toughness. He beats up defensive backs when he gets to the second level. It's it's not fun to, to, to tackle Isaiah Pacheco, so yes, I think the game plan, you, you can look at and say, they, they'd love to run him, you know, I, I don't know that Andy Reid ever wants to give the running back 20 carries, but, you know, 12 minimum, you know, 15, 16, 17, yes, they like to do that. The problem is, he's still a young running back. The, the blitz pickups and as a receiver, he's very raw. Uh, when they want to throw the ball, when they want to protect Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball, Jarek McKinnon's one of, if not the best, blocking running back in the NFL, and, and he's their better receiver. And he had nine receiving touchdowns this year, which tied the NFL record for touchdown catches by a running back in a season. So, you know, th- for the first time, Andy usually likes to have all his backs do everything. This year he's really had to uh, do a nice job of mixing up the talents of each running back. So I think they'd love to, to get Pacheco going, and if they're pounding away with the running game, maybe it's a day where Pacheco does get all day out there on the field. But if they have to throw, McKinnon's going to have to come in the game because he's a far superior blocker and if if they're really worried about the mobility uh that may unfortunately take isaiah pacheco out of the mix because mckinnon is is the superior blocker by far
2: soren petro host of the program sports radio 810 whb there in kansas city so you know of the line movement here we got all the way up to cincinnati two and a half we're back soaring kansas city's lane one and a half what would you say is the fair number we we're we're talking sports betting here what do you think is the fair number we got kansas city right now a point and a half favorite
5: yeah, you know, and, and we've talked a lot about it, right, trying to analyze it. What does it mean? Does this mean the Chiefs are supposed to win? Does it mean the Bengals are supposed to Why are they doing this? And, you know, the ankle, I think, is obviously the the driving force. You can follow it. Okay, he's hurt. We don't know what he's going to be. It goes towards the Bengals. Then you see him walking around, see him practicing. Okay, he's going to play. It's going to be fairly good. And, and I think the other key thing is here, it's a playoff game, right? So there's no zero. There's no push at zero. So the line's going to jump across that a little bit more, uh, and, I, and I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. So, you know that when you when you cross, you know when you're at one, okay, you're, you're going to push or win on one side or the other, right? That that there's a little bit different because we're going to go to overtime and we're going to get a winner. So the the jump in between is, a, I think, a little less. I, I think it's a pick 'em. I think that's where I would put it. I think you know, um, and, and if I were in Cincinnati and I heard that, I'd laugh at me. Hey, we won three in a row. How can you possibly say that? Uh, three in a row by nine points, right? All of them field goals. The Chiefs led going into the fourth quarter, and all three of them. Uh, I think that speaks to Zach Taylor's ability as a coach to manage the game and certainly Joe Burrow's ability to make plays at the end. Um, so, you know, if the Bengals are favored, I wouldn't have a problem with it. You know, Chiefs fans would, but I wouldn't have a problem with it. But I think this is really a, about a Pickham game. I do think Patrick Mahomes is the difference maker, but he's lost part of that difference making, and that's his ability to, to scoot for first downs and to avoid the rush. So I, I think a Pickham's a, a good spot for this one.
3: Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think that I think the breakdown of the last three games kind of gets everybody just looks at the scoreboard. They don't look at the game, and those games could have gone either way, really. And and I think the championship game, the fourth quarter was a disaster for the Chiefs, and the not kicking that. That field goal at the end of the half was another mistake that they made. What's your sense of, of Andy Reid's level of confidence in terms of his defense play in this game? Do you think they'll try to engage in a man-to-man game? Because it's been proven they have a hard time covering these receivers.
5: You know, I, I don't. I don't know that any of us uh, have a great relationship with Andy Reid. He's very close to the vest. He doesn't let a lot of people in. He keeps all his media sessions short. I think I have a pretty good relationship and and a uh, pretty good read on the guy. I've seen him where he's like super intense and angry uh, during the week, and and you know, you just he see, questions seem to bother him. That you're like, that's a nothing question. Like, what are you what are you worried about there? I was walking out of the practice facility from the locker room and you know, talked to a couple of guys. The, the modern NFL locker room is a, a session of, of hide and seek all the players trying to not be there when you get time to talk to them. So I talked to the guys that were there, and I was headed up to the stadium where they were doing all the uh, all the media sessions for at the podium, and as I was walking out, somebody starts yelling at me, telling me I'm late. Where was I? I'm late. And I'm messing with my phone, and I'm like, I don't know who this, what, what is, what is this guy. What, what's the problem? I look up. It's Coach Reed yelling from his car where they're driving back, and he's giving <laughs> me a hard time, and he and he waves me over, and he chats, and he's smiling, and, and he brings up one of my questions I had for him on Monday on the uh, Zoom and was talking to me about that and was very loose. So I think he is confident and to the point about the defense, I think that's a great question because I think this is where the game is going to be won. I think it's the defensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs that has to win this game. Joe Burrow was eminently sackable last year. Everybody sacked Joe Burrow. In the postseason, everybody sacked him, but the Kansas City Chiefs, they didn't put him down. Chris Jones, zero playoff sacks in his career. He knows it. He talks about it. It's somewhat a statistical anomaly, but it's also a reality and it's a problem for the Chiefs. This year, were second in the NFL in sacks. They spent a lot of time trying to upgrade the defensive line. George Karloff, this, the 30th pick of the draft, came on with five and a half sacks in the last seven weeks uh, this year, really providing him an edge guy. Frank Clark has been one of the healthiest uh, seasons he's had when he's been out there, when he wasn't suspended, uh, and given him some depth on the defensive line. Carlos Dunlop's done a great job uh, and being part of the rotation there. Uh, and even Colin Saunders has provided a bit of a rush next to Chris Jones at that D-tackle spot. So, you know, they have to get there. It, it can't be on Spagnuolo to be sending six, uh, six guys every time to get Burrow down, and I, th- I think that's where this game will be won. Yeah, you know, I think Andy Reid has confidence in that defense. That's why I bring up him being being loose. Uh, the young defensive backs, there's a lot of them, but they're talented. Uh, they've got a lot of experience. I think he feels like they're in a good place now. But it's really going to be won with that defensive line and whether or not they can put down Chris Jones and take advantage of the backup offensive lineman that I think were really protected by the snow uh, last week in Buffalo. If the Chiefs don't have a good day on the D line, they don't win.
2: Okay, Soren, prediction time, expectations tomorrow.
5: Uh, you know, I, I got to do uh, radio in Kansas City on Monday, so uh, I, will, I will take the Chiefs uh, 27-24, but I, I really think this game could go either way, but, you know, I, I have a rule of thumb. There's some auto bets that I have, and that's one is if the other team's quarterback is trash in the NFL, you can't bet it. You don't have to bet the other team, but you can't bet it. The other one is if Patrick Mahomes is less than three points or getting points, you jump on that, and so I'll, I've done that every time, even when I thought it was going to be a tough game for the Chiefs, and I've usually won money, so I'll take the Chiefs He's twenty-seven, twenty-four, and I put my money on it, uh, you know, as, as just a standard
2: bet.
3: Very Sorry, diplomatic. great job. Awesome, man. Great I job. love it. Thank great you job. Me. That's great information. We appreciate you so much.
2: Have Absolutely. a good one, Sean. We appreciate me. you. Okay. The program there Thank in Kansas City, Sports Radio 810, WHB. Very diplomatic. I, he good. doesn't sound convinced. He doesn't sound I think convinced. Andy, I think
3: the biggest thing of that takeaway, Patrick, is Andy Reid's confidence in his car. I mean – I think Andy Reed knows if he plays his game, they're the better team. I think he does. I mean, this.
2: The pressure is on Kansas City. We know that. Pressure's on Gable next. We're going to head to the Borgata next to Michael Thomas. Gable joins. You're
1: listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick
2: Maher. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashed the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. So every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app. Remember, if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM Reward points into airfare, dining, shows. It's great. It's the best loyalty program in the game. Bar none. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Okay, we're back. Good job uh, with the gentleman from Kansas City. He got Kansas City winning it. That was diplomatic, like Harry Truman out there in Kansas City, Michael Lombardi. He, ha- he has he to was pick— good
3: though. I- yeah, well, fine. I mean, you he know, good. he doesn't want to have to. I mean, I, I like I was on WIP TG this yeah. week. And I, I mean, you think I was not picking the Eagles, although I think the Eagles are going to win. But I, I didn't want to. I mean, I couldn't go. Angelo's sitting there. Just pray, everybody has to tell him they're going to win. It could I be mean,
6: Angelo's last. Uh, it could last be his last show, so. show. I don't want to. You know,
3: I,
2: I had to. Thomas Gable runs the race sports Sportsbook. He's our partner there at the Borgata. Do you think the Eagles are going to win tomorrow, Thomas? And what's the number?
6: The number's two and a half we we haven't uh that's been pretty stagnant all week here uh we we opened to last sunday night you know and uh i was leaning one and then uh the market was basically at right at two very quickly so uh, and it went to two and a half sunday night uh very soon after we opened and it's pretty much stayed there i know some shops we, we talked about this morning i've tested out uh going to three that hasn't lasted too long uh, but, you know, and, and as expected here, Patrick, we we obviously are writing a lot of tickets on Philadelphia, uh, but it's not like uh, San Francisco is getting ignored here, though, either. So we, we, we do have some money coming in on the Niners, and uh, we aren't completely lopsided on this game. Now, in the futures uh, market, we're, we're uh, not in great shape. Obviously, we have a lot of liability on Philadelphia, not just for the NFC, but the, the worst case scenario is the Super Bowl uh, for us. but. Yeah, I mean, I, personally, do I think the Eagles win this game? Yes, I, I think they, they they should be favored here. It's going to be a very, very tough environment for Brock Purdy to play in. Uh, he has risen to the occasion so far. But uh, this is a, a different animal here. These two teams, it's really strength on strength. Neither team has really played a team of the caliber that of their opponent yeah. here. Uh, and that's what we need to remember. So... Uh, you know, I I think the offensive line for Philly is is healthy. Um, That's a big, big deal, and, uh, you know, as long as Hurts is healthy, um, I I think you have to give the edge to Eagles here at home.
3: I I think that's a great point. I think, you know, I've said this all year. The Eagles have played a Gonzaga-like schedule, although, you know, the Eagles played a Dallas team that was really good. They threw the ball with Minshew on Dallas. They turned it over in that game, you know, and, San Francisco since the Kansas City game, I think the Kansas City and Atlanta game you have to throw out. They were so beat up in those two games; they don't count. From that point, they, they've been dynamic, and they've been as they've stayed healthy. They've gotten better and better and better. So this will be the biggest challenge. Although I will say this: Dallas's defense, to me, was a good warm-up for San Francisco in this game because it gave them some problems and it showed them what a a front that moves with physicality would be like to play against. Uh,
6: I thought Dallas' defense was terrific uh, last week. And uh, as you said, there's the quickness that they have uh and and showed uh in that game i think is a great it's a great point a great warm-up here for for what they'll see uh tomorrow with philly
3: yeah and i mean look dallas is smart i mean dan quinn wasn't gonna probably wasn't gonna get a head coaching job they brought him back they paid him like a head coach i mean dallas just paid dan quinn a ton of money reset the defensive coordinator market because of that and so when you
6: have that going for you you should stick with it
2: Are you writing anything on San Francisco? Is it all Eagle money there at the Borgata?
6: No, it's it's not all Eagle money. Uh, I I mean, if you look at the ticket count, I mean, the tickets are tremendously skewed towards Philadelphia, but the money is not. Uh, So we are taking some bigger plays on on San Francisco here.
2: Okay. Same question. Let's go on Bengals. Did you get up to 2.5 on Tuesday with the Bengals laying it? Now we see the Chiefs 1.5. Walk us through that line movement.
6: Yeah, so the Chiefs opened as one-point favorites there on Sunday night, and obviously the the early move was towards the Bengals. Uh, a lot of public money, a lot of public money uh, coming in on Cincinnati uh, early in the week uh, pushed the, the Bengals into uh, the favor. I think when we actually spoke Monday afternoon on on the Lombardi line, it was a, maybe a pick at that point. Um, and we said the Bengals were probably going to become the favorites there soon, and they did Monday afternoon. Uh, two and a half was the high water mark, which I thought was a little, a little high. But when, when it got to two and a half, when the market got to two and a half, you definitely saw respected money then jump in and grab that two and a half with Kansas City. Take the two and a half with Kansas City, and the the amount of information you know here and there about Mahomes' health, the videos that you have. You know come out there on social media or in the media Uh, you know people now have continued to follow that move here with Kansas City so now Kansas City is back to a favorite uh, laying one and a half here and uh, the the total currently sitting at 48 in that so uh, not much of decision really on the total for us at the moment but again we just have a a ton of public money on Cincinnati. The respective money is definitely in Kansas City here but uh, the public money we are certainly heavy on Bengals at the moment.
3: Yeah I mean you can't I think you can't really discount the Joe Burrow phenomenon and what Joe Burrow did in Buffalo last week I mean that carries over it's a little bit like the Eagles the domination of the Giants even though we all know the Giants aren't legitimately a very good playoff team so there is that perception that carries over into your industry
6: yeah and I'll say this too the you know the one storyline going into the Buffalo Cincinnati game last week was the offensive line for for Cincinnati and Nothing really came to fruition. They didn't get pressure on uh, Buffalo, didn't get pressure on Burrow, but this is a different defense. Kansas City, yeah. I think, will be able to get some pressure there. Yep.
2: Yep, no doubt about that. Uh, TG, we're going to talk to you tomorrow, but today you sent over three plays for the Visan Pros in college basketball. I want to give out a free yep. one here. Let's go to Alabama, your second ranked team in the country at Oklahoma, and Alabama's laying a number. I got five and a half. I think you found a six with Alabama laying it at Oklahoma.
6: Yeah, so big spot here for Oklahoma. A much bigger game, I think, for them than um, and, and their postseason resume than it is for Alabama. They need a win here. So I think you're going to see the Sooners play with uh, some desperation here. They're coming off a bad loss to TCU. They lost 79-52. The Oklahoma starters only shot two of 13 from three in that game. Uh, This is not a high-scoring team to begin with. Uh, They they rank last in the Big 12 in scoring. Alabama has won nine in a row. They're a very efficient team on defense, Um, looking to be a potential number one seed there come March. Uh, I have Oklahoma rated very similar to Mississippi State, though, who Alabama just faced. and. Came away with a tough win there, only three point win, 66-63 in that game. Um, I think Oklahoma is going to look to slow this game down, muck it up, and that's not the way Bama w- likes to play or wants to play. Um, you know, very similar to how it went with uh, Mississippi State. So, I'm to count on the Sooners here controlling the pace in this and I look to take the points here with oklahoma uh if you can still grab a six or uh as you said it's probably five and a half in most places right now and
3: what's your feeling today as the the 76ers take on the denver Nuggets yeah that's uh that's
6: an ne- afternoon game three and a th- half the line th- is. three and a half yeah. yeah so um you know listen uh, and bead is he is he going to come He's out doubtful. and uh shocking <laughs> Shocking! He's obviously upset that he didn't get named a starter for the All-Star game. Yes. That's uh, Daryl Morey is very also upset at that, blaming the fans. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, uh, Embiid's uh, status there is uh, key to that number. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's key. There's a there's a bunch of keys when it comes to Embiid on this show. What is the overall vibe? We're gonna, I'm gonna talk to I'm gonna talk to Michael Lombardi about this in the next segment, in a couple of minutes. But what is the overall yeah. vibe on the 76ers team there in 76ers country? I mean, you're literally in the middle of it,
6: Thomas. I, I will not say a word. We'll get to <laughs> Michael. Oh, I, I in a think bit. right now, li- listen, they they've been playing very well. They've been yes. playing very very well. Uh, So I think a lot of people, though, are kind of just waiting for the shoe to drop. We've seen this story before with this team uh, and this franchise. Again, we we haven't even reached the All-Star break yet for the NBA, so health is always going to be a concern there for uh, Michael's friend, Joel, and also Harden. Harden, I I will say, has also looked a lot better than uh, what I thought he would look this year. But uh, the bottom line is, this all comes down to the postseason how far is philly going to be able to advance are they capable of winning a championship with this roster with Embiid? i, I think that's where a lot of the doubt comes in uh it, locals local wise i mean they they love the team they love how they've been playing but again it's all going to come down to what happens in the postseason <laughs> and michael <laughs> is sitting too. here absolutely no, no, no. stone-faced I mean, i'm gonna let stone-faced
2: I'm gonna, there's friends in Michigan I'm going to have to text them to make sure they tune in because coming up next we're going to get Michael's take on the 76ers kind of where we stand at this point Love in the it, season yeah. so that's coming up next here on the Lombardi line Thomas Gable we'll talk
6: to you tomorrow morning thank, thank you, you very TG. much alright thank you guys
2: Okay, remember he gave us one of his plays two other plays in college hoops today from of course Thomas Gable vson.com slash subscribe to get those coming up next will he or won't he Joel Embiid yeah I said it that's next
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on v
1: featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, I mentioned you can get Thomas Gable's college basketball plays when you're a VEASAN pro. Well, right now you can sign up for $9.99. Introductory offer. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Pro tools, pro picks, pro tips, everything we offer through March Madness right now. $9.99. Make sure you sign up for the introductory offer. We just heard uh, Michael and Elliot talking about his plays in the conference championship games. Of course, those will be included tomorrow as well. So make sure you check it out. Introductory offer of $9.99. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay. We can take a little bit of a respite from the football as we're going to have two hours on it tomorrow. And I think no better place to go than your (laughs) 76ers. Now, again, we're three weeks out from the All-Star break, but there's a lot to unpack here. So why don't we? Now, the 76ers, to be fair, even you would admit they've won six straight. They played great. They've got the second best record in the East. But today, the best record in the West and the Denver Nuggets come to town And it's questionable whether or not Joel Embiid's going to play. You take a look at the market, it says he's going to play. Philadelphia is laying three and a half with Denver in town. Jokic, of course, your back-to-back MVP. As a matter of fact, Embiid is your back-to-back MVP runner-up. So this is a big-time matchup here, Michael Lombardi.
3: Yeah, which I, I think he will play. And I think, to me, you do have to acknowledge the success that they have had. But as I've often said, you know, Doc Rivers is the ultimate in regular season win guy. You know, he plays guys. He never gets his team ready for the April games. He's always wants to win these games. So the roster never gets developed. The bench never gets developed. Now, because of some injuries, they've stumbled on some kind of the way they've matched up and the way they've changed. You know, shake Milton at the beginning of the year wasn't playing. Then he started to play because of injuries. Now he's a valuable player off the bench. Maxi started as a starter, got injured. Now they're bringing him in the Andrew Tony role as the sixth man coming off the bench, and he's playing well. Kind of limits them defensively, but when he comes in, he can light it up fairly quickly. So, look, the, I think what T.G. said is true. This is all going to come down to can they play this level when did we get to April and May? And there's really no evidence to support that. I mean, losing to Atlanta two years ago was bad. You know, Boston seems to own them. They, they claim they have more mental toughness. I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a disbeliever, particularly when you watch them defensively. Over the last two weeks, they're 20th in the league in defense in terms of especially their transition. If you watch the net game, you know, he has a hard time getting up and down the court in the second half. He's not in great shape. I mean, that's just a fact. Nobody wants to dispute You can dispute it. Just watch it. So, you know, I I, I certainly think that this is something that they they do. They play well in the regular season. They don't develop the players that they're going to need in the postseason. You know, so this is where we are. And, and this game will be like an important game, but it really doesn't matter, right? Like, if it doesn't matter because – You've you got to get your team to the point where you can play consistently great in April. I'm not sure that's always the case.
2: Well, imagine how good Embiid could be if he got in shape, because he is at a little over 33 points a game. He's your league's leading scorer, Michael Lombardi. He's your fourth betting favorite as far as the MVP market at 8-1. Jokic is minus 160, your odds-on favorite. Luca's 475, Tatum plus 650. Embiid got disrespected in the All-Star voting. I know this matters to you, but he won't be a starter. How about the president of the 76ers, Daryl Morey, with this quote? Joel Embiid completely got hosed once again. This time the perpetrators of the crime were the shameless media. Who most of them have recused themselves because they don't want to vote on something that affects players' paychecks, but the shameless Boston media is way overrepresented. They haven't recused themselves and they shoved Joel low enough so that he isn't an all-time starter it's crazy. Your boy Maury is fired up.
3: Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I, I think that, that most of the people that finally, un, other than Daryl, have uncovered the mythology that's attached to the player. He's a tremendous, tremendous athlete. He's a tremendous basketball player, but there's, you're always wanting a little more from him, more conditioning, more down the stretch more defense more things that he can do that you you see that talent that at times he flashes and you know i think that's the case i think you know if if, instead of talking about it if it was demonstrated more on a consistent basis i think that certainly would be look one of the reasons i pick on him is because the reason i love joe burrow the reason i love patrick mahomes when your best player sets the tone for the entire organization in terms of preparation, conditioning, desire to win as a team, putting personal achievements behind. Everything focuses on championships. Your team focuses on that, but that's not the case. It's, I want to be the MVP. I need to be on the all-star team. No. I want to hang banners up here. I want to tear down the Billy Joel sold out banner. I want to take the Springsteen sold down banner and I want to put 76er banners up there. Like that's what I'm more after.
2: So, and I want to follow up on that. By the way, in the East, they're 7.5 to 1 to win at the 76ers. Championship odds for Philadelphia is 16 to 1. So, would you put that more on Doc? The inability to get his team just to focus, the constant chatter, would you put organizationally that on Doc or is that on Embiid as the superstar?
3: Well, I think they've spoiled them. I think this is all goes back to the process. They, you know, when you take players and you bring them into your organization, you've got to train them in how you want them, how the how they represent the organization. And train may be the wrong word, but how the how, what the mantra is. And so they've always spoiled the players. I mean, Sam Hanke hasn't gotten a job for, for what everybody believes was a tremendous job he did in Philly. Nobody else has hired him. You know, he's teaching out at Stanford. So... I mean, maybe he doesn't want to get hired. I don't know. But the reality of it is is I think a lot of it was the foundation, which is part of my problem, too. They haven't built a foundation that is on toughness, that is on the will to really exceed, excel as a team. And I think that's been the issue. I think that's why Jimmy Butler left and went down to Miami, because he wanted to be part of that kind of culture. So, look, there's no way – if he doesn't get to the finals, the East finals – if he doesn't get there, this, this is not going to change. This is not going to change. If you're the best player in the sport, if you're the MVP, if you're the greatest, and you, you can't get your team to where they need to go, are you really the greatest? I mean, look I at Joe Burrow. Ask. I mean, Joe Burrow is playing with a backup offensive line. He's doing it really well. I mean, so great
2: players make other players great. If the 76ers win a championship, will you be happy or sad?
3: oh i'll be really happy i i but i look the reason i am so negative on him is because i i i've spent my life in the profession of evaluating and i know what doesn't work and i know what works like i know what works i I don't need a crystal ball to know how this is going to end you know i don't need a crystal (laughs) ball to know how this is going i know how it's going to end i've seen this before Talented players when they when they don't work hard and in a great shape aren't talented players when you need them most. The moment is matters the moment. You've got to be able to capture the moment, you know, when you have that chance. And they have not done that over three years with Doc. And Doc is more interested in regular season wins to get himself into the Hall of Fame as a coach than he is worried about getting his team ready to play. Against the teams you've got to beat Milwaukee and Boston, Miami.
2: Okay. Nugget 76ers. A programming note. I said uh, noon. No, it's 3 o'clock the tip on the East Coast. So noon, West Coast. Got that mixed up. It's 3.5 right now with the number and 2.31 on the total, of course. They're second in the East at 31 and 16. They're 2.5 the 76ers back. That over may be in play there.
3: I mean, over? Uh, uh, by just, a, well, I mean, did you watch him play defense against the Nets without Durant? I mean, it was, you know, it was, that game was well over this number here. I mean, neither team played great. Both teams shot ridiculous numbers from the, from the, from the uh, two-point line and from the three-point line. I mean, there was not a lot of transitional defense in that. And, and my man was tired in the fourth quarter. There was no doubt.
2: Okay, so I'm I'm not going to give away the plays as we transition back to the football. But you you're locked in with your two winners tomorrow. Yeah, we'll give out. The I've been plays locked in. I,
3: I watched I, I watched all the tape. I've kind of gone through the three games. I think I've gone through what the way I see the San Francisco game. Look, I I think when you've got four great teams like this there's no certainty involved, right? That's why this is the first time since 1997 we've seen a spread under three for both games. I mean, so these are hard. I mean, these are hard games to handicap because the ball is isn't round and it's could go in any direction and one play here or one injury there or you know something happens in the game can shift it so you've got to see how the way to play the game and that's kind of how i try to handicap all the games is especially as we narrow the field down to the limited amount of games you got to port you got to see it in your mind how it's going to go
2: and remember back in 97 when you had those two conference championship games shorter than the 3 point spread as you said both dogs won
3: yeah both dogs won yeah i mean but look denver was a hot team but denver had elway you know denver went into pittsburgh and beat them denver beat kansas city in kansas city 14 to 10 you know and, and san francisco was hosting green bay and brett Favre won that game
2: okay well we're getting there tomorrow san francisco philly again we'll leave you with the number it's two and a half with philly laying it cincinnati kansas city it's one and a half with kansas city lane michael's picks tomorrow michael enjoy your saturday you got an off i can't today. wait three o'clock i can't wait i'll be right there by the tv patrick <laughs> right, we'll see you tomorrow here on the lombardi line it's v sin the sports betting network